0: Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker.
2: Welcome to another episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Bucher. You can see me on FS1. You can hear me on Fox Sports Radio. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Rick Bucher. I am very excited. I'm very happy. I got two guys. First of all, everybody in the Natty, this is your podcast because we're going to go heavy, heavy with the AFC North and with my two guys, former wide receiver T.J. Hushmanzada and comedian-actor Gary Owen. Fellas, we did it. Like, for three dudes who don't (laughs) consider themselves exactly IT nerds. We got it up. We're here. We can see each other. We, I think we can talk to each other. How you guys doing?
1: I'm good, man. It's like Gary said, we're the talent, and <laughs> I thought I was bad. Hey, I thought I was bad with technology. Gary makes me feel real oh, good yeah. about where I'm at. Yeah. No, you're
2: you're you're freaking you're you're Steve Jobs compared to freaking Gary.
1: <laughs>
3: my manager always sends me like contracts to sign. I go, can you just my signature? Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to
0: find stuff on my phone and shit. I'm like,
2: what the fuck. So before we uh, we're gonna go heavy NFL. This is we're recording this right before the big Sunday after the first Texans Chiefs game, and I wanna I wanna get a lot from you guys. For those who don't know, Gary Gary's from the Natty, still a long diehard Bengals fan. I. I continue to be, but I'm not like Gary. Gary won't let go, and and I don't think it's healthy. But we'll talk about that. Um, and obviously, TJ, uh, you guys know who he is. You know what he's done in in his career. Now, part of the media uh, with an upcoming podcast of his own, perhaps. So keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that. And Gary, you have anything you want to advertise before we get rolling here? Since I did all of my uh, my stuff at the top.
3: Uh, movie coming out September 29th on Netflix called Welcome to Sudden Death.
1: It's my first action movie.
2: Well, I know what I'm doing September 29th.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'll check him out. I'll check him out. Actually, you know what, uh, Rick? We do have a podcast for sure with me and Rob Parker. It's called the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Yeah, where we talk about, hey, Lemon Pepper, that, that's Rob Parker. You know that. Uh, no doubt. We talk. All we do is talk about the A.S.C. North and N.S.C. That's it. Cover those two uh, divisions.
2: Sweet. Sweet. So you mentioned it. You mentioned the NBA bubble. And before we go to the NFL, I do have to ask you guys, um, the biggest, really the biggest topic in sports today, which is how is it that Daniel House was the dude that was slipping? Of all the guys in the bubble, Daniel House is the guy who got caught slipping. And how does that happen? Like, do you look at that and go, man, I understand. Or you go, how, I mean, if I'm James Harden, I'm like, dude, come on, man. If I can hold it together, you surely got to be able to hold it together.
3: I said a long time ago, they they should they should have had a a bubble for the ladies. Yeah. And I'm talking about single ladies. Yeah. And like, yo, you got a shot. And then the guys can get off, go to the hotel bar, hotel pool. It is the thing. When I was in the Navy, I was in two. I was on two different ships. One had all guys, and the other one had guys and girls. I was in a much better state mentally on the guys and girls ship because ain't like you gotta sleep with all the girls. You just gotta be around some women. Jeez. And you're asking these guys in their twenties, early twenties. Yeah, they're used to going out and having women around them. Just gone. Come on now. I'm with so you. I I'm
2: with you. By the way, we haven't hey. heard a thing about the girl, like the the. Covid nineteen inspector that supposedly he 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 hooked up with like if she's got Lakers season tickets next year I'm gonna have some questions okay that's just, I'm just I go immediately conspiracy theory because they would oh, they were not the same team after Daniel House got busted
1: how, how do they find out is it like a camera outside of everyone's room. If Daniel House got caught, I can guarantee other guys are doing the same thing. They just didn't get caught. They just but weren't – yeah. You're sing- if you're single and you're in that bubble for months upon months, it's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible if you're a single man and you're used to being out doing what you do, yeah. as Gary would say. It's impossible, man. It really is.
2: Emmanuel Acho calls them camp eyes. And you probably, TJ, you relate to this. Like when you're in camp and the same thing, Man. like anytime you're in isolation, right? And there are only a couple chicks around, like
1: you're gonna find, find for every week, positive about them. <laughs>
2: those chicks start to look better and better and better. And he calls them the camp eyes. And Daniel House got
3: caught I up with the camp too. eyes. But that's what was funny when the bubble happened because everyone was like, you know these guys; are gonna be away from their families for months. I go, those aren't the ones you gotta worry about. <laughs> the married dudes yeah. are like, whoo!
2: yeah, yeah. Break. <laughs> Well, that's what, that was that's what was funny when they came out with the the manual about like who could come in when they finally allowed people to come in. They were like, you know, it has to be a long standing relationship, and it can't be somebody that you met through social media. I'm like. Why you got why you got to hit the IG models like that right off the bat? Like you just went, "No, you you can't come in." <laughs> I just thought that was I, but they knew what they were doing. They knew who exactly. They knew the audience that they were talking to. So, um how have you guys just watching, I'm sure you guys have watched the NBA in the bubble. Have you liked it? Have you thought it's like it's too different or what what what's been your your thought about it?
1: Personally, I like it. I I think it's been you go as long as we did without sports i I pretty much watched every single game every second with the exception of thursday because of the football game um but i've been watching every game once the game started and what i like about it it's every day there is a game every day and and so it wasn't a day break it was a game every day so yeah i I literally plant my schedule around so i can watch both games each day
3: yeah i was bored a little bored with the Regular season, mm. but once even before the playoffs, when they had to the, like the last playing game, because when the, when Brooklyn oh, almost right, almost upset, I was like this. Those that's oh, what yeah. But I'm with TJ. I like it how it's every other day. Yeah. Like it's, you know, if they play Tuesday, the next game's Thursday, and it's Saturday,
2: and multiple games every day. I mean, for a while yes. there, we were having like four games
3: every day, and even when this, with the virtual fans. Like, there's been a lot of uh, game winning big shots. Yeah. They never react. Yeah. Is there a huge delay with the fans? Yeah. I know.
2: Well, and that's that's also, I was wondering for both of you, you're both used to being like playing to an audience. And I'm just wondering for you, Gary, like, how different it is doing comedy shows. in and it's not virtually because you do have, you know, you some of the places uh, for your stand-up have figured out a way to do it. But I'm wondering, is the vibe different? Is it Are you connecting different? Are your jokes different? Like, how much of it is, is your stand-up being impacted by the COVID rules?
3: Well, I mean, when you're the best, <laughs> it doesn't affect you. So, I, you gotta and and,
2: and you're me. a technological genius. You're yeah. used to working <laughs> with... <laughs>
3: You ain't talking to JJ Redick here. <laughs> talking to LeBron, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, but you the best. <laughs> all
2: right. Kill oh the podcast. TJ I mean, No, but seriously, doing comedy like you mentioned a podcast, like when when you don't have an audience, like how hard is that to be funny when you don't feel that energy coming back?
3: Well, it's kind of like when you're shooting a movie or or um a TV show, uh, you know, you don't get, they don't get to react. And you might say something and you're like, I think this is really good. So I, I'm assuming that's similar with, but the, the NBA guys, you know, I think once you're a professional, you played so much AAU in front of no fans and a lot of high school games in front of a, and just pickup games with no fans. Yeah. They're, they're used to it. Yeah. stand a little different. We don't practice in front of no audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're not just going on stage and nobody's there. I mean, you need a few people, right? Well, I mean, the COVID is the theater shows are done for a while. The arena shows are done for a while, but the comedy clubs are half full. So when you, when you first get there, it's a little shock to the system. You're like, why is there so many uh, why, why is there so many emptiness in the club? You don't realize how big some of the comedy clubs are so they take out half the tables and seats. Hmm. Once you're up there, the energy's the same. So I can just assume once you're locked in and you're in the NBA, you're a pro. And, yeah. I, and TJ probably attested this uh, with being an NFL player. Probably you're tuning a lot of the, the fans out anyways. Yeah, so I was both-
2: wondering about that, TJ. When you watch Thursday night's game, like imagine yourself being there with a half empty. Although the the the, the, the crowd noise sounded kind of the same. But uh, I'm wondering how, how much of the energy of a stadium was part of what you got – that got you hyped or whether you, you blocked that out or whether you fed off of it?
1: It's the pregame when you walk out for warm-ups and this is what the viewing audience doesn't see, the interaction and talking trash to the fans if you're on the road, um, signing autographs if you're at home, taking – that part of it is, is different. Once the game starts, this what you don't really hear the – crowd you don't pay attention to it but for some reason you feel the energy though you do feel that energy now what i will say is is it different hell yeah it's different because you in football in high school you're you're getting upwards of a few three to four thousand people there and it looks like more because the stadium isn't as big college a lot of these guys are playing at 70 80 sometimes 100 people what in the nfl does is you know it's being recorded. You're finally going against somebody else aside from your own team. So that within itself is enough. At least it is for me. I know in Cincinnati when we'd have training camp and we would scrimmage and we knew that scrimmage was going to allow fans in there, that was probably like your best practice hmm. of the entire training camp and you were dead tired just because it was people there watching. watching.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, all right, so... I wanted to get into the AFC North, and I wanted to have the two of you, one, because you know each other, and two, because, I, I don't know, you tell me, but I feel like the AFC North is the most interesting division in football this year, with Lamar Jackson coming coming back, with Roethlisberger back and saying he's better, with Joe Burrow there, like, I'm just fascinated, and the you know the Browns and that whole saga, and can they turn the corner? And all the talent they have. I, you tell me if there's if there's a division that you're more intrigued by. But for me, the storylines and the questions about who's going to win the AFC North is is at the top of the chart, and it's not just because I'm from the Natty too. Yeah, what, what do you guys think?
3: Well, the North is always the top of my charts.
2: Well, yes.
3: I understand. So I agree with you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. me. <laughs> so so
2: let me put it this way for you before TJ, before you answer the question, like what, what would, and be realistic. This is always the problem, TJ, when I'm talking to Gary, like be realistic. What, what would make for a good season for Joe Burrow and the Bengals this season?
1: Be realistic. The Bengals. No, I, I'm very realistic. Like I, I root for the Bengals. I, I really do. But I'm always going to be realistic because I'm not going to make myself look like a fool. Yeah. As opposed to, I, I believe the Bengals can win five to seven. They'll they'll win five to seven games. Joe is it the quarterback with the greatest arm? And I saw that firsthand. But he has great pocket presence, great command. Of the huddle and just I know the first day he got out here with his training and he just had a confidence about him and I tell I told everybody this a lot I'm like dude he's just something about him like the way he carries himself it's like real stern but it's almost borderline cockiness but that's what you want <laughs> and he's just extremely accurate and when you if AJ Green can and play all 16 games. The Bengals are going to surprise some people because when everybody talks about who's the best receivers in the league, they never bring his name up anymore. And I think people really forgot how damn good AJ Green is. Like AJ Green, if healthy, is one of the top receivers in the league, and there's no debate about that. Now, the key is are they going to be able to protect Joe? You don't want him running around because again, I don't know how good the Steelers are going to be, but you know they're going to play defense. Yep. Yeah. The Ravens are going to play defense, and the Cleveland Browns might have the most talent in the division, and everybody assumes Baltimore is going to run away with the division. And so he's going to face some good teams defensively. Can an offensive line hold up? It sucks because I actually believe they're going to win tomorrow. I think they're going to beat the Chargers. Did not know Geno Atkins was out, but I still believe they can beat the Chargers because Pouncey is out. DJ Raider going to have to hold it down, but I believe that they're going to beat the Chargers tomorrow.
3: Hmm. Yeah, I believe that
2: too. <laughs> Gary, realistically, like what are you hoping for? What would
3: make you happy? 16-0 and would be cool, but uh, <laughs> I just, I really, I, here's the thing. I, don't, I just want to beat the Steelers once because it's been a mm, while mm. since they beat the Steelers. It's like 12 or 13 or some ridiculous number. Wow. But they've lost, so if they can break that curse, that'd be huge, and that would that would uh, I just want Joe Burrow to be healthy all year, yeah. stay upright. If we can win six, seven games, I'm good. Get it, get it geared up for next year.
2: Okay, so so this is the thing. I kind of getting into the nuts and bolts. I, I'm really curious how you guys look at this. I I never begrudge a guy, getting his money. Whatever you can get you can get. And I don't judge a guy based on the money that he's got. But I look at the Bengals, and especially when the Bengals spend money, I'm like, yeah, yes! That's what we... You guys gotta open up the purse a little bit. But that said, they, they spent money on Joe Mixon. They spent money on a running back who, without question, my mind, best running back in the game or certainly in that conversation. But while everybody is... Like, holding back on spending too much on running backs, that's where they spent their money. And that's what makes me nervous. Not because I expect that Mixon's going to fall off, but it's just like the prevailing wisdom is, no matter how good a guy is, a running back can fall off real quick, and they just invested a ton of money, which they normally don't do, in a running back. So, talk me off of the ledge that, this was not a wise thing to do. That this was really the prudent thing to do. And you gotta give me a little bit more than it helps Joe Burrow to have a running game, because I like I feel like I would have invested that in the line ahead of investing okay, all of it in Joe Mixon. I'll
1: go I'll go first, Gary. I'll go first. Okay, listen. If you look at that offense outside of AJ Green, nobody's making top dollar. Not one player. Nope. Not one player is making top dollar. Tyler Boyd has a, a new contract, but he's not making top dollar. Okay. The offensive line, they're fairly young. They're on first contracts. Uh, Joe Burke is on his first contract. You, and it sucks to say, you have to pay someone, but the Bengals have shown in years past, they'll pay a running back. They paid Corey Dillon. They paid Rudy Johnson. They know in that division, You have to be able to run the ball to be effective when you're playing those type of defenses. And if you look at Joe Mixon, he's not falling off a cliff anytime soon. He split carries at Oklahoma. He's, in essence, somewhat split carries since he's been in the league, with the exception of last year, getting the majority of the carries. He has a good four to five years, and it's a short-term contract. If Joe Mixon can stay healthy and continue the ball, he gets back to the table sooner for another contract. (sighs) And if he can't, the Bengals get from under the contract because it was a short-term deal. So it works for both sides, but the Bengals, they'll pay a running back. That's one thing they will do. They'll pay a running back because they've done it. At least they did it when I was there. And they haven't done it since because they haven't had that running back that deserved to be paid until Joe Mixon.
3: Wow, I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what.
2: I, I feel I like better Hill
3: because he wants to earn his money too. Yeah, he's not coming in like I just want the money. He said when everyone was like, "Since he sucks, get out of there." He goes, "I want to win here. Yeah. I want to win for the fans in this city." So the fact that he got his money, now he got a new quarterback, new coach, new life in the in the within the team. He's not going to be an Albert Hainsworth. He's yeah. not trying to just get his money and all right. Like, he really wants to earn it.
2: Yeah. What? Uh, by the way, Gary, are you are you going to try to get? I mean, you have a hard enough time getting Bengals tickets
3: from the Bengals. Not anymore. Not anymore. Thanks to TJ. You're in. Did you hear what happened? No. Crazy story. <laughs> well, I got TJ on my podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the day, uh, the day before the draft. During my podcast, his phone keeps going off, and I'm like, I'm like, you gotta go. He goes, nah, he goes, it's somebody from Cincinnati. And, and then, so he hangs up with my podcast. It's Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor on the other line, just asking him about some of the guys he's trained, right? So TJ goes, that's crazy. I was just on Gary Owen's podcast. And they're like, who? And TJ goes, you got do know Gary Owen? That's the dude for Cincinnati. Zach Taylor looks me up, right? All of a sudden, I get an email from Zach Taylor, and I'm thinking, this ain't real. Uh, my manager <laughs> sends his phone number. My manager FaceTimes it to make sure it's real. It's him. Yeah. Then he texts me. I text him back. We call each other. He said, yo, I dropped the ball. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I was the Dolphins quarterback coach when you came and roasted him a few years back in training camp. He goes, so when I got the head coaching job with the Bengals, I was telling him, Yo, we had this comedian come in. He roasted us. It went great. We got to do that here. They hired another comedian last year, and it didn't go over well. <laughs> you got to realize, the roasts are not comedy shows. You got the roasties, dude. Right. So he said, and then when TJ told him, Gary, he looked me up. He goes, that's the dude. <laughs> that's the dude I've been looking for. <laughs> so Zach called me, and I told him, I said, yo, this has been a very Ike and Tina Turner relationship, and I'm Tina. <laughs> I'm with you guys. I want to make hits, but you got to stop beating me down. <laughs> he said, Zach said, Yo, when uh, it's COVID's over, I got to change that narrative. He I want your face around the stadium. I want to make your presence felt. You want to go to a game? Hit me up. Awesome. We got you. Let me know. So now now the COVID hit.
0: Figures.
2: Yeah. So what's the what's the deal? I should be up to speed on this. Are they going to have anybody in? in- in the building, like what?
3: what how? How? Are October twenty fifth is the first game, the Browns game. Yeah, they're able to have six thousand fans.
2: Okay, so Let's go So, is your new like? Is your new status? Are you going to be part of that six k? Do you want to be? Can you be?
3: Well, look, I was off work for three months, so work takes precedence over going to Bengals games. I Unlike times in the past, I would take Sundays off to make it to a game. Yeah. But, if I get a Sunday off, I'm flying in. Yeah,
2: go. Sure. Well, I've Gary. I've seen I, I've seen that you've been able to do some of what you do, and obviously, you were shooting the movie, so that helped. But by the way, by the way, how was that shooting a movie with the the COVID stuff? Did did you do that while this was hitting, or did you we, was that before?
3: We, we were shooting a movie. Um, not the movie coming out September 29th. Another movie, because you know I just do a lot of movies. Anyway. <laughs> No, we were shooting the movie, Oklahoma City, and it got shut down during COVID in March. And we just came back a couple weeks ago to finish it. But, you know, you gotta you land, you get tested, you quarantine. I I didn't know exactly what quarantine meant. They're just trusting you to quarantine. I don't know why I had this vision. I was in my hotel room, a guard outside my door, <laughs> and then delivering food. That's what I had vision. Yeah, so go, yeah uh, quarantine for the next 48 hours till we get the results. And I was like, okay, so I go back to her room and I'm like, so I so I can't go out if I wanted
2: to. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're still hitting Starbucks and doing all that.
3: You're doing your usual. Yeah, I'm still I'm still I got food to go. I mean, I was careful. Yeah. You know, you wear a mask and stuff. Oklahoma's a little lenient. I don't think they know COVID hit.
1: <laughs> and Oklahoma is real lenient. I was out there this summer, very lenient.
3: Yeah. So um they just, uh, you test and then you get on set and you kind of got to stay in your trailer and then everyone's masked up. They're double masked, the camera guys. They yeah. got the mask and the shield. Oh, wow. And then you got to mask up until literally you're ready to shoot. And then you oh, is that right?
2: Really? You're masked up until you shoot and then you take it yep. off? Wow. Wow. Yep. TJ, how how has this affected you? Like. What have you been doing the last few months? Because obviously we do FS1 a lot together, and that hasn't been, you know, we haven't been able to get into the studio. So that's changed the dynamic a lot. What, how how have you been occupied? How much has it disrupted what you would have normally been doing the last few months?
1: Nothing. I'm I'm a homebody. I've always been one to chill. I've never been one to go out, even when I was really young. So the only thing it's affected. Is what you said is going into fs1 haven't done that but for the most part um i sit in the house anyway hmm. so covid or no covid i'm gonna probably be in the house 80 90 percent of the time so for me it's par for the course the, the difference is it is if i take my kids to the park y'all not really at the park you just kind of run around in the grass outside of that um, um it's the same old saying for me hmm.
2: all right so i want to get i do want to get back to um our football conversation in the AFC North. Are you guys buying the Browns as a legit threat? Are you like, where, where are you at with
1: them? TJ, why don't you go first?
3: I, TJ, I'll i go first. So we're not sitting here looking I, at you. You always go first. I,
1: uh, I got you. <laughs> I, I am, I am buying the Browns. I, I, I believe with Stefanski, he knows how to run the team. And what helps him is Andrew Barry coming over from the Eagles that, know how to run an organization, they're going to look at the missteps that the Browns have had, and they're going to try to avoid them. Now, the, the key is if they can get out to a fast start, and and it's tough because their first five games aren't easy, but as long as they're competitive and they see things moving in the right direction, they have a lot of weapons receiver-wise, tight end-wise, running back-wise. It's really going to fall, can. They get everybody involved. OBJ wants the ball. Jarvis Landry wants the ball. You just paid Hooper. He wants the ball. You got Nick Chubb who needs the ball. You got Kareem Hunt. You got You got a lot of guys that want the ball. But what's probably going to help him is Stefanski that comes from Minnesota. He had Diggs and Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Kyle Rudolph. So he's somewhat familiar with having a lot of skilled players that can play that need the ball. And so it's just a matter: Can Baker Mayfield take that jump to get them where they should be?
2: Hmm. Okay, so that's the big question, though. Is Baker Mayfield like you got all these weapons, but you got the conductor who has to be able to utilize all those? And I don't know, Gary. You like? I mean, you obviously had an illustrious JV career in high school, so I know you're you're you got your football priors. Like when you look at Baker Mayfield. And I'm not going to ask you to compare him to Joe Burrow and who you believe in more, but like do you like do you buy Baker Mayfield as being everything that he was as a college player and when he first came to the NFL or do you think like you know what he does really funny commercials and he's got a personality but the NFL game and where the Browns want to go just might be a step too high for his skill set. Well, he got
3: humbled last year, so it seems like he learned from it. You know, he didn't do uh he didn't, like, try to blame everybody else. He kind of took accountability. So, I mean, I hope he sucks because, you know, they got to play the Bengals. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no doubt. So, but, TJ,
3: do you think he's up for that? Like, do you
2: think that, that Baker can utilize all those weapons and keep everybody happy?
1: You know what the crazy thing is? Because he was the first pick, we'll always say, yeah, like – he, he's up for that because he was the first pick for a reason. And so when, when you're drafted that high, you're going to always get the benefit of the doubt. Like oh. last year, he got the benefit of the doubt because everybody was saying Freddie Kitchens didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he was in over his head. Baker took some flack, but it really was majority Freddie Kitchens because Baker Mayfield was the first pick for a reason. And I'll fall into that boat and say, I, I believe they'll figure it out. They have way too... If he can't... If the Cleveland Browns don't play well offensively, this is on Baker Mayfield. It's not on the head coach. It's not on OBJ demanding the ball or Jarvis Landry wanting the ball. This is on Baker because every quarterback that's in the league would love to have their skilled players that the Cleveland Browns have. They wouldn't complain about it. They wouldn't say, I have too many weapons. Ask Tom Brady the last how many years in New England. Give me these skill guys, and you think I'm gonna complain? No, I'm gonna make it happen. And so, if Baker does not get it done, it falls on him.
2: Yeah. All right. So, so uh, I'm gonna Gary. I'm gonna ask you to go out of your comfort zone a little bit and talk other than other than the Bengals, other than the Bengals. <laughs> for the two of you, what's the team that you're most interested in seeing? And and let's put the That's Chiefs easy. and the Texans aside. But like the team where you go man, they could either really be good or maybe they're not like – they're one of those teams where they're, they they intrigue you because you're not sure what they're going to be and they could be one or the other, like really good or maybe not any clo- anywhere close to what people are expecting them to be. What what team, team is that
3: for you, Gary? Uh, New England. Yeah, really? Because, you know, I, I forget they got Cam Newton. Yeah. So you got – I think Brady's going to be Brady's. He's going to do his thing in Tampa. That's not even a question. Uh, Whereas, like, in New England, is Bill Belichick that good of a coach? And and is Cam back to being Cam from three years ago? Yeah. Because, you know, I was looking at it, and funny, we was doing our, our fantasy draft, right? And I'm sitting there going, well, why hasn't nobody picked Adelman yet? That guy just gets a bunch of catches and a bunch of yards. No, I mean, it was like the sixth round. So I just went, I'm gonna pick him. Yeah. I get to the eighth round. Oh, I'm gonna pick White, the running back. He gonna catch a lot of balls out of backfield. I was like, why? Why is it that? Since Brady left, these guys are still gonna. I think they're gonna put up numbers because it's still Bill Belichick's head coach. Yeah. And Cam isn't. He's not a bust. So did, TJ? Did Gary f up by taking element and
1: White or? Well, <laughs> one of them, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Down.
3: This wasn't the first round pick. He was just sitting there, I go, and he was way down on the board. I go, why am I picking him?
1: It, it, it's going to be, like, I think people forget the journey of Cam Newton, going to Florida, getting kicked out, going to Bland Junior College, going to Auburn, winning the national championship, first pick of the draft, rookie passing record, takes him to a Super Bowl even though they lose. Oh, and he's the MVP. I think people forget How good of a quarterback Cam Newton is? Mm. I I won't say New England. I'll say a team that many expect to do very well and some don't. I just don't know what I'm going to get is the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Talent-wise, talent-wise, it's through the roof. You have two defensive ends that can get pressure at any moment, at any time. You have great, big linebackers. Secondary, I don't know how that's going to pan out. I'm probably going to guess... Monday or Tuesday, after the first game, that one Earl Thomas will be on the Cowboys after his contract isn't guaranteed after the first game. That would be my guess, telling you guys that here now. I don't think we've a quarterback who is perceived as a franchise guy go through what Dak is going through. And he always says the right things. But can he really put that to the side and lead this team the way they need to be led? And so that that can, they can be really good because they have the talent. Or they can be really bad because of everything that comes with having that talent. And you haven't paid the guy that you think can uh, get you to where you want to go in Dak Prescott.
2: So when you say everything that he's gone through, are you talking about just the whole money issue? The contract issue? Are you talking about his brother? Like
1: wh- All of that. All of that. So his brother commits suicide, which he has just come out and said... And obviously, when your sibling that you grew up with kills himself, that takes a toll on you, man. And people think, oh, man, you guys rap. Man, athletes have feelings just like everybody else. So that took a toll on This is his brother, somebody he's grown up with and gotten fights with and played with and laughed with and cried. You've done everything with your brother. He kills himself. And then you also have to worry about, man, are they going to give me this contract? Am I gonna get paid? What's gonna so it's so much from a personal and a professional standpoint that he's going through. And he came out and said it. Like I got depressed. Like that's a human emotion. That that's okay. And so how is he going to be? Did the help that he got, is that going to help him? And can he play football at the level he's capable of and put the passing of his brother that was a personal tragedy? And the Cowboys not giving him a contract, which she could look at as a professional tragedy, um, is that going to affect him?
3: Yeah, Gary, I know you. They you've... got a good ass backup too, Andy Dalton. Hey. They, yes, I'm they about do. That.
1: And also, really? and also, can Mike McCarthy change? Like, is being out of football for a year? How is he going to reinvent himself? Yeah, like I mean, there's so many players in. Cowboys are the Cowboys like everybody's gonna watch them when they're good it's better for the league but it's it's a lot
2: yeah well, Gary I hope you don't mind me bringing this up but you know what Dak Prescott is going through I mean you've ex- you've experienced that on on a certain level mm-hmm. I just when when you hear him talking about his story what and, and and hearing everything what what goes what goes through your head
3: well you know when when my brother passed away the 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 stage was where I wanted to go. That was where everything was normal. It was similar to when um, uh, Isaiah Thomas's sister passed away a, a few years ago. And he had to play in the, the playoffs right yeah. after. I go, dude, I get it. I, w- I was on stage the, the day after my brother died. And everybody thought I was going to cancel. I, you know, I, just, I was in Biloxi, Mississippi. I was at a casino and people were calling, is he going to make it? And I was like, dude, I, that was one show I couldn't miss. Because it was like, I got an hour where everything was normal again. And I think Dak is going to go through the same thing on the football field. Hmm. Uh, at least that's what I think. I, I think when you hit a tragedy like that, you, you can go two ways. You can kind of fall off or you can get extra focused. And I think, he, I, from what I know of him, I think it's going to, it's weird to say help, but football is going to help him get get through this. Yeah. You know, and he should be extra focused because you're not going to be... The distractions are going to seem so minor when you go through something like that.
0: Hmm. Uh,
2: By the way, it just just struck me because you always hear like comedians and actors, entertainers, they always want to be professional athletes. Professional athletes always want to be actors and musicians. And so if I gave the two of you the opportunity to switch places... Are you, are you taking it? Are either one of you taking
3: it? Or you're like, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm not. I'm not taking it. No. <laughs> you got to realize, when you're in your 40s, where I am now, Yeah. those are like like the Jedi years for being a stand-up. Because you're not so old, you're out of touch, but you're old enough, you got so much life experience to pull from, that's when your comedy, I think, is your best. Yeah. I go, if I'm an athlete, if I play pro football, I'm an offensive coordinator right now.
2: <laughs> At best.
3: <laughs> and I'm talking about a San Jose State. Yeah. <laughs> NFL. What <laughs> is great? This is awesome.
1: Yeah. TJ? I, I don't have the personality to do what Gary did. I mean, you have to be a certain individual to be a comedian, man, like those dudes, for real, they're born with it. Like I don't have that personality. That just he can say what, and the shit always comes out as it being funny. Like I don't even know how him and his wife argue. Like how can she take him serious? Like I just his personality, man, yeah. is like comedians have a certain personality yeah. that I don't. You can't just switch places with them. I don't have that personality. Again, like it would be very interesting just to be in a house with a comedian and a significant other when they have an argument. Like, does he really get serious and argue, or does he just (laughs) make it a joke and piss her off even more? I I couldn't do
0: it. How how does
3: Kenya handle that? Has Kenya ever really, 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 really got mad at you? Oh, yeah. See, my pet peeve I'm the neat one in the house because I'm ex military. So, you know, and I stay at hotels. So, you leave a hotel room, you come back, the clean lady's done major bed, hotel's looking good again. I'm like, nice. That's what I expect when I come home. <laughs> and sometimes it ain't like that. And I am like, where the hell is the maid? <laughs> yeah. Why yeah. can't
0: you put shit up?
3: <laughs> but then when, that, when I get mad, it's like 30 seconds later, it's over. I was like, man, I, I, I'll literally be like, man, I just got mad. That's crazy. <laughs> All
2: right, so I want to wrap this up. Um, Big picture, who do you guys have winning the AFC North? How many teams do you have going to the playoffs from the AFC North? And who is your Super Bowl pick this year? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out.
1: I have Baltimore winning the ASC North. I believe the Cleveland Browns will finish second in the division in, in Garner playoff spot. The Bengals, I, I don't know what where they'll fall because I, I don't know how good Pittsburgh's going to be. I know they're going to play good defense. And I know Chase Claypool is going to be a problem. R- remember that name. Chase Claypool with the Steelers is going to be a problem it's because I trained him, but he has great, great, great talent. Hmm. Um remember the name, though. The boy can play. I just don't know what they're going to do. They're, they're going to play great defense. I don't know how they're going to be on offense. When you got a rookie quarterback, there's going to be growing pains. He should be thankful there's no crowds because he can. he's going to be able to think without that noise. That's a good that, point. That's going to help Joe. But I think the Bengals will win five to seven games. I'm I, I'm I'm sure of that. If they don't win five to seven games, because they have talent. They, got, they have a lot of talent. I believe they'll get five to seven games. Um, outside of that, I don't. It's hard with that division because anybody can beat anybody. Super Bowl pick, I like to wait, but I'm going to still give you a pick. I like to wait until after September. First four games of the season just to see. But if I had to make a pick, I'd probably go Baltimore and Tampa Bay.
2: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Gary, what do you got?
3: Uh, Call me crazy. I'm flip-flopping TJs. I'm going to go Cleveland-Baltimore. Wow. And, uh, okay, the Bengals are going to beat the Steelers once. That's the biggest for me. Screw everything else. (laughs) And the Super Bowl, I just think Kansas City is not going to fall off anytime soon. Yeah. So I'm picking Kansas City to win it all, not just to go to win it all. And I agree with TJ with, no, I don't. I don't. I think Tampa's going to lose. I think they're going to lose in that, um, NFC title game, I think it's going to be kind of like a repeat of Montana going to Kansas City. Yeah, that's
2: I, I mean, that's my big question because of what we saw with Tom last year, and I would attribute a lot of the problems last year to the fact that he had as little talent around him as he did. But how much does Brady really have left? And maybe he's in that Peyton Manning category of like, there's enough around him. He doesn't have to do that much. He just has to utilize, like, he just has to get the ball in guys' hands and that's enough. I don't know. Uh, TJ, like, where do you where do you see, like, how much of this is going to be because it's Tom Brady and how much of this is going to be, you know what, they're so loaded, he can't, like, even if he's not what we're used to seeing, it's just they got too much.
1: When, okay, I, I was told that early, early, early in the offseason, that Brady wanted to go to Tampa Bay. And I was shocked. I'm like, get out of here, man, Brady. And I was told by somebody close to him that he was going to go. I didn't believe it. I remember you kept, why, you kept teasing this.
2: You kept teasing this on he TV. Told,
1: when he told me why, when you play in New England, in November it gets really cold when you're older. It's hard to keep your muscles and your body loose. He wanted to play in warm weather, so that would not be a problem. He wanted to play with guys that could win. You've got Chris God with Mike Evans. They took their first round pick was the offensive lineman, Tristan Worth from Iowa. They have Donovan. They have a good offensive line. Oh, they just so happened to get Leonard Fournette. They were very good defensively down the stretch. They should improve upon that. I don't see Brady falling off because He takes care of himself guys back then even when I was playing dude they trained hard but it wasn't a 365 day taking care of your body type of Brady takes care of his body every single day of the year and so fall off I don't see that when Mm -hmm. you have the type of weapons that he has with that offensive line is it going to be easy no it's not going to be easy because the Saints can play the Falcons should be improved but you give Brady those weapons I just don't see him not getting it done. Well,
3: I'm picking the Cowboys. Wow, because of Andy Dalton. I could, I could. Is Andy no, Dalton going to play? I, no, he's not going. to. I mean, he might, but that's not the reason. I just think the Cowboys are stacked. Yeah, and I think. I think hey, that's like it. I think. Gary, um,
1: tell me, tell me one starting corner for the Cowboys. Cornerback. Yeah, how they gonna cover? Who they gonna cover?
3: Uh, I know they're all black. <laughs> I they're all black.
1: So. And, and I, I say that to say I think I say that to say I believe that's their weakness, and you can't have that weakness when you're talking Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and that's who you have to cover.
3: Yeah, I, I also I, I listen. I think Tampa's gonna go to the NFC title game. I do. I could be wrong, but I think it's gonna be Tampa and Dallas. And then I think it's going to be... Um,
1: Kansas City and Dallas? Uh,
3: Kansas City and Dallas in the Super Bowl with Kansas City winning. And I think it's going to be a blowout. But uh, if I'm going to pick another team in the the AFC to go to the title game, I mean, it could be... I, I know I'm picking Cleveland to win the division, but I think Baltimore would probably be in the title
1: game, though.
3: Are you TJ, are you buying Mike McCarthy?
1: You, you don't know. You don't know um what has he learned from his year out the game has advanced from when he was a head coach all that time in green bay and he kind of stayed the same but i i always give people the benefit of the doubt like you're not in that position because you don't know what you're doing and so i don't believe it to be more of the same i believe he's kind of self-evaluated and realized "Ah, i can be much better at this I'm going to apply this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to get rid of this and get rid of that. And, and so, yeah, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's in that position for a reason. Yeah, it will. It won't be more of the same.
2: All right, all right. Well, hey, listen, fellas, um, let's let's put a bow on this. It was great seeing both of you, TJ. I can't wait till we get a chance to be mm-hmm. in the studio together and and uh, and chopping it up and. Gary, uh, when when you can come back over and we can have some Apple Crisp. and
3: – Chidilby, I won't be. I just looked it up. There's a cornerback for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Shut up, TJ. You yeah. Hold on. <laughs> find somebody else on here. What the hell are they- oh, Jordan Lewis. Check the depth. Michigan. <laughs> Uh, Reggie Robinson II 23 years old 6'1", 190 5'11", 170 Boy, those are
2: good numbers That's a good name and a good number That sounds like somebody who could could be a DB
3: Uh, Daryl Worley Man, I got some You know what? You might be right Tampa might be in the Super Bowl (laughs) 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 I like this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> get, drop back to safety
1: that's why i think in 72 hours earl thomas will be a cowboy yeah
2: that's a good yeah. call that's a good call all right fellas thank you very much peace be Who safe it's
1: been fun guys
2: all right guys talk right. to you
3: later See you guys Yo. how do i log off you just I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I might be I might be here for two days. Call Rick. Brad. Get, get.
2: <laughs> that does it for this episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with TJ and Gary. In the next podcast, we will be deep into the conference finals, both east and west in the NBA, and we will break them down here. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps alert people to the quality of the pod, and our sponsors seem to like it. So thanks for doing that for them and me. In the meantime, stay safe, and thanks for listening.